0: Welcome back. Chucky's on 106.7 The Fan. We're live on CSN. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Diana Rossini is going to join us, former NBC4 sports reporter. Now she's an ESPN anchor. She worked with the legend Jim Vance, so we'll get some stories from her. We had Lindsay Zarniak earlier in the program. But join us right now to talk a little baseball, senior baseball writer for ESPN. It's our pal Eddie Matz. Good morning, Eddie. You
1: guys
2: need to keep it up. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello, Eddie.
2: Hey, Eddie. What's up, guys?
1: What's going on, bud? Um all right, let's just get right to it, man. Uh, you know, the Nats take two of three in Arizona. Max didn't look great on Friday, but um you know, whatever. I mean it's kind of surprising that he allowed those home runs, but they win the series. But yesterday, Stracy leaves after two innings with the forearm tightness uh on a scale, you know, one to ten. Where, where's the panic meter right now?
2: It's me personally.
1: Yeah, for Nats fans, what, what should they be thinking?
2: <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm the typical. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm a cynic. For me, it's like an eight because <laughs> I feel like we've seen this so many times before with Strasburg, where they down, but not just him. With every injury, it's like they always downplay things, right? Look at Jason Worth, right? Well, oh, bruised foot. Two months later, he's still still not there, and it was a broken foot. And we've seen it with Strasburg too. I feel like. I haven't checked the data, but I feel like every time he's come out of a start, like for precautionary reasons, he ends up missing at least a little time, right? And then we find out it was something more than we thought it was. And I feel like more often than not, he ends up on the DL. So to me, it's alarming. I, there was a start the, the day before July 4th, which I guess we would refer to as July 3rd. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was again against the Mets. And I remember he was lights out the first three innings. It was the best I'd seen him all year. The curveball was ridiculous. The, the velocity was great. And then in the fourth inning, he just kind of fell off a cliff. And I think he walked three guys in the inning, which has almost never happened to him before. Mm-hmm. And then after the game, we found out that he was having, I think they called it some back spasms during that fourth inning. And ever since then, I've been kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Because I feel like whenever that happens, we end up hearing things get worse. And so since then, he had that game against the Braves where he got rocked pretty hard, seven hits in three innings. He had the game against the Reds where he he pitched well and had good numbers, struck out 11, but I think there were some reports that he was feeling a little off that game too, and then you had the Diamondbacks game. So that's basically his whole month of July there, and if you look at the numbers, 19 strikeouts in 19 innings, which is good for a normal pitcher but not for him, and nine walks. So basically a two-to-one ratio. He's normally like a four or a five-to-one guy. So I feel like something not right hasn't been right. Uh, and, you know, to me, they yesterday they said, oh, he just had trouble getting loose. Well, <laughs> that's one way of spinning. He's got stiffness, right? Like that could easily be like, and I could just be making this up, but that could be forearm stiffness. And then if, if they call it forearm stiffness instead of he had trouble getting loose, then it's way more alarming, right?
1: Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, wh- when do you think we'll know exactly what it is?
2: Never. <laughs> I feel like. Well, I mean, we'll know the results of but an MRI. But you're
1: m- not cynical. We'll know the results of an MRI. <laughs> Aren't they going to have an MRI?
2: We will, but I feel like even last year with the pronator thing, when they when they told us the results of that, even that was vague. They told us it was uh, – I forget how they worded it at the beginning, but then it came out that it was a little bit less benign than they had originally worded it. So, you know, I feel like – so there's a day off today, right? So that gives him a little bit of time. So I imagine uh, Dusty will ask him about it tomorrow. We won't hear about it before tomorrow, and then tomorrow when we ask him about it, I'm I'm forecasting vagaries. Who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be forthright. But the, the Kershaw thing to me this is perfect. You know, Kershaw leaves yesterday also early. And within like five or 10 minutes, you see a tweet from Dodgers folks saying he left with lower right back stiffness, which, like, just give information, right? Mm-hmm. And the Nationals' policy has always been they don't give in game information like it's the NFL or something, right? Like, there's, I'm not sure how much competitive advantage you can gain or lose in that situation. Um, but so it's just interesting to see the, the dichotomy between the, the way those two things are handled. Yeah, but to, so, be,
0: to be fair, they may not know. They just know that he's got form stiffness. He's the one who took himself out of the game.
2: Well, right. But but then tell us that immediately. Right. Like, I'm sure when he came in. Right. Like, just it's like communication. No matter what it is, communication is key. So just give us the information. Right. Like when when Kershaw leaves the game, he's probably saying telling Dave Roberts, he skip, my back hurts so that you know then that gets back and they they let people know and so I'm sure when Strauss came out of the game they knew exactly where he was aching they don't know what the diagnosis is but just say he left the game of forearm stiffness or whatever it was right, right so Jim. who knows maybe we find out more tomorrow maybe they kind of play it off and say we're still doing further testing I'm sure we'll hear something but it'll just be kind of vague um and then we'll we'll just have to kind of wait and see but who knows
0: joined by Eddie Matz ESPN senior baseball writer so before this becomes the front and center concern, if you put Strasburg to the side before that, it was all about the bullpen. What do you make of the current bullpen construction, and are they still out there trying to get somebody else to bolster the bullpen?
2: It's definitely better than it was. Doolittle and Madsen are two proven guys, experienced guys. They've been, when healthy, very good this year. You know, Doolittle's had some dings, and he's historically had some dings. But. Uh, They make the bullpen way better. Neither of them is a – I wouldn't say they're not proven as closers because they've both done it right, but Mm -hmm. they weren't closers this year, and there's a reason for that. You know, Madsen, although he's been good in a closer role, he's much better uh, in a setup role. And Doolittle, I think as good as he's been, the thing with him is he's so good against lefties, you you don't want to hold him for the ninth inning because you might have a lefty matchup that you need in the seventh or the eighth. So I think that's one of the the reasons why you wouldn't use him as a closer. Obviously, he can get the job done. They can both get the job done. But certainly, the Nationals would be better off if they could get another guy who is a proven lockdown guy. The problem is there's not really that many guys like that out there, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Just one of those years where everyone else you could add, is sort of fits that same mold with a couple exceptions. Maybe you could look at, like, an Addison Reed. He's probably (laughs) – it's crazy, but, like, he's only got – He's probably like the best of the bunch and he's not a guy who's he's been, not. you know, five straight years a closer, right? Yeah. AJ Ramos, that's both those guys are in the division. Ramos hasn't been good. Nishek is good, but he's not a closer. Brad Han is good, he's not a closer. So there's really nobody out there that fits the bill. So I can't imagine Mike Rizzo so is that going not to be on the move. Ah, sorry, I forgot. Britain would certainly fit the bill. But there's no way. I, I just can't see that happening, right? We all know that they don't do business together. I don't think they've made a single trade since the Nats came to D.C. Hmm. So I can't imagine that's going to start now. I'll
0: pick up the phone.
2: Uh, so do you, do you think yeah. Britain
1: will be traded, just not to the Nats?
2: You know, it's interesting. I would have said three or four days ago at least one of those guys, Britain or Brock, would be traded. Actually, I would have said Brock, I, I thought, more because Britain's been hurt. So I think Brock's value relative to what his max value is, was higher. But then uh, the Orioles had their annual season ticket holder, Shindig, uh, on Friday. That's where the, the the season ticket holders come in early. They get autographs from the players. And then Duquette and Buck do a kind of state-of-the-state of state thing. And uh, along the third base, they sit on the dugout and they talk to the fans. And Duquette went on record as saying that uh, he, he sounds like he's. they're now not selling. You know, I guess you know they swept four from Texas, so now they're they're all in. They're excited. Who knows? Maybe 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 he was just blowing smoke screens and trying to drive up the value and make people want him more. Um, But so now it's like, wait a second, maybe they're not selling Britain, which I think is silly. I think they should sell everybody. I think they they should just sell Britain, sell Brock, sell Givens, O'Day, Machado, everyone. But if they do sell Britain, I don't think he's coming to DC. He's
0: at fifty five straight saves now.
1: With the save yesterday, think so. Yeah. Fifty-five in a row. Well, he's one yeah, of the best. American
2: League record. He was he was tied with Tom Gordon. Now he's got the record all to himself.
1: So Eddie, I mean, th- seriously, these these injuries are really piling up. I mean, they've had no luck with the injuries. Obviously, Eaton to start the year. Worth Turner, uh, Taylor, Heisey just goes on the DL yesterday. You know, Ross is out forever. Uh, if Strasburg is out for any considerable amount of time, man, that is devastating.
2: Yeah, it really is. Look, even without all those other injuries, if Strasburg is out for any length of time, it's devastating from a postseason perspective, right? Even if they were completely 100% healthy, with Roark pitching as inconsistently as he's been this year, it's devastating. Um, So I'm not really worried about the offensive side of the ball. You know, Turner's going to come back. At some point, Worth is going to come back. You know, Taylor's got the oblique that lingers. But at some point, they're going to come back. They have the luxury of having this 69-game lead right now. So... It seems like there's nothing they could do to give up that lead. So it's just a matter of can they get right for the postseason. And I think offensively, they're going to be fine there. It's just a question of Strasburg. And what's interesting to me is that Gio is the linchpin, right? To me, it's like the importance of being Geo Gonzalez. We see that now because Roark hasn't been himself. Strass has been good but now he's not healthy so you got Max and then after that what do you do so Gio's right. been good all year now it really ratchets up his
1: importance well that's what I was going to ask you let's just assume the worst on Strasburg. let's hope it's not let's hope that you know let's believe them when they say it's just precautionary but if it's not and it's more serious and there's damage in there do you and obviously Ross is out now you you've left with uh you know Max Gio Roark and Edwin Jackson what would what would Mike Rizzo do? Would he go? I, I, we talked about it last week. I don't think they could afford a guy like Verlander because he's got so much money coming to him. But if they needed, were in desperate need of a number two, would they entertain something like that?
2: Yeah, I think they would. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think if I mean I'm just spitballing here. I don't think Strasburg it's one of those things where he's done right. I'm just saying that I think it's probably not quite as benign as they're saying, but so maybe he spent some time in the DL. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe he misses yeah. a star, three stars, who knows what it is. Um, if it's bad, obviously there's no concern. Correct. If it is a, a graver diagnosis, you know, as much as they don't want to trade Robles and Juan Soto and those guys, yeah, I don't think they go into the postseason with Scherzer, Gio, and nothing. Right, so if, right. if, you know, if the, if the diagnosis comes back and they find out that um, the, the Strasburg is toast, then yeah, I think absolutely they got to go get somebody. I think. Yeah. But I think that's that's when you burn your bullets.
1: Um, real quick before we let you go here, uh, the Cubs have caught the Brewers in the Central. Uh, the Brewers started the second half with a five-and-a-half game lead that is gone. The Brewers are coming here. They've lost seven of eight. They're coming here tomorrow for three. Um, is this where kind of the Cubs start taking off here? They've won eight out of ten. They're starting to hit the ball better. They're pitching better. Is that what you're expecting? <laughs>
2: I have not been bullish on the Cubs and I'm going to stick to my gun. Yeah, I take it with a grain of salt because four of those wins were against the Orioles, I think. Right? Something like that. Yep. Um, and the Orioles have shown the ability to make a lot of teams healthy this year. So I, I don't think the Brewers are just going away. It's We're already 100 games into the season. They're a decent team. Uh, the Cubs are... Not what they were last year. So I think it'll be an interesting race. You know, it doesn't help when the Brewers have to play teams like the Nationals. But uh, I'm not, no, I don't think it's, uh, this is, the Cubs are just going to run away and hide. I think it'll be, you know, I feel like there are not a lot of races this year in baseball. I think that's one of the good ones.
1: And um, is there another big name or two that you expect to be dealt before the 31st?
2: Yeah, I think Sonny Gray is going to get dealt. Uh, you know, the Astros needed, could use a starter. Uh, Bruce could use a starter. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go there. So I think Sonny Gray gets dealt. Um, it, the interesting one is the Rangers. You know, they depending on whether they want to buy or sell, they've got Hugh Darvish, who's a huge name. So what happens with them over the next few days could, could really kind of send shockwaves to the trade market. So, But, yeah, definitely going to be some movement.
1: All right, my friend, we'll see what happens with the uh, the MRI results for Strasse. Thanks yep. for joining us. Hope they're positive. Right. Thanks, Eddie. You can give him a All follow guys, at ESPN Eddie Max. And look, I'm just throwing out that scenario, worst-case scenario, if there's something seriously wrong with Strasburg. Right. I would bet that there's not. I would bet that it's just stiffness, that he just needs you know, a few days off. Maybe it's 10 days. Sure. But if there was, I mean, no one would be surprised nope. if, if there was something seriously wrong in that arm. And then, obviously, Rizzo has to reconfigure that starting rotation and go out and get a legit. Well then, Whether it's like Sonny Gray. Sonny
0: Gray becomes really attractive to Mike Rizzo. I don't if, think
1: they go out and get Verlander because he's got $60 million on yeah. his deal, but you never know. Teams get desperate.
0: Coming up at 945, and give you a chance to win some tickets to go see Guns N' Roses Ooh. in concert
1: here on The Junkies.